we'll begin with today is the opportunity to uh, deposit your phone for its own uh, retreat time while during your stay here. Uh, you can reconnect at the end of the retreat and compare notes on how it went for both of you. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to say a few words uh, about that. If you're not familiar with this process here, the phones are uh, collected in uh, an envelope. So if you're planning to turn in your phone, you should have it in an envelope. We have a few up here if you need one with your name. So we know whose is whose and you need to turn it off so it can have a nice quiet period of rest while you're in retreat. And the phones are all uh, kept under lock and key in the office safe. So they're completely secure. There's no need to worry on that front. Uh, Arguably, they're much more secure uh, than in your rooms. So safety is not an issue. Privacy, uh, nobody goes into those envelopes. They're completely sealed for the duration of the retreat. And then they'll be available uh, on the last day of the retreat to pick up again before you leave uh, to return into the world, both of you. And if you need them at any time before them, you know, they continue to be your property. If there's something you have to take care of, you can uh, come into the office at any time and retrieve them um, for what you feel you need to do. And also, if, if, you're, if you don't have your phone with you this morning or you prefer to hand it in uh, privately or if um, you feel at the moment that you're okay having it with you in your space, but a little further into the retreat you find that it's starting to become a distraction or to make things more complicated for you here, it's fine to, um, the envelopes will be out on the shelf, take one at any time, bringing it in during office hours. We are delighted (laughs) to have phones appear uh, later on in the retreat. There's no need to feel self-conscious about that. Um, This is really meant to be a support for you and for your practice of of silence and being able to to keep the retreat container for uh, the benefit of your practice. So we want to support you in that. And if you might be feeling a little uh, shy about bringing the phone up uh, this morning in front of the big group, um, I encourage you to think of it as as a service, as as an act of generosity, as an act of support for the community. There may be some who are not sure if they really want to hand it in or if they really want to cut off all contact with the outside world, but um, by setting that example, by by showing that act of faith, we can support each other and help each other to to make that full commitment to really just being with ourselves and not with Siri during our time here. (laughs) So everyone who would like to turn in their phone can just come up, uh, perhaps, yeah, form a line in the, the center aisle here. It's nice and padded on the inside, so I'll be comfortable.
that was actually quite moving, <laughs> that act of renunciation by the community. Thank you. So now we can uh, continue with our awareness practice, continue to be aware of sitting and the experience of sitting. Just letting that experience settle down. Letting the awareness come back into the body. And just remembering what it is that we're doing here. Reminding ourselves just to allow awareness to operate as it does naturally when we're not distracted. There's no effort at all required to feel the body sitting, to feel the movement of the breath as it passes in and out. No effort to receive the sounds around us. If we're not distracted, then we just notice. So this is our practice here, is to remember. Remember to be aware. Which we can do in any posture, any activity, any conditions at all. In the sitting meditation for this first day or so of retreat, we encourage you to allow whatever experience you're used to using as an anchoring experience to be a touchstone for your practice. So many of us may have been trained to be aware of the breath in one way or another, perhaps the rising and falling of the abdomen, the passing and the touching of the air through the nostrils as it moves in and out. Maybe a more general sense of the breath moving through the body, moving the body. Some of us may be accustomed simply to anchoring in the reception of hearing, opening to receiving the sounds around us or the sounds within us. There are many, many different ways to choose some aspect of experience to steady the mind, to be a touchstone as we remember to simply be aware. So in whatever way we've become accustomed, we practice to do this. This first day, it can be a very helpful tool to bring some steadiness to the meditation, some stability to the mind, in just a very gentle way. So we're not looking this first day of retreat to delve deeply into the nuances and the subtleties of the breath or to maintain an uninterrupted, continuous awareness on just the sensations of the breath. But instead just holding it gently, loosely, as a touchstone that we can return to, to stabilize the mind. Maybe just simply noticing that breathing is happening. Allowing awareness to take in the experience of breathing, sitting, hearing, whatever it is that we do in our practice in a very gentle, natural way, but with continuity, with consistency. And 
not pushing in the practice, not forcing the mind, not forcing the attention, but simply remembering to allow the attention so that our systems this first day of retreat will begin to gently settle into the rhythms of retreat, which are very different from our ordinary everyday rhythms. If we try to push through this period of readjustment to being here, then we find ourselves exhausted, overwhelmed. But if we just remember in as many moments as we can to remind ourselves to just be present, then the system settles in and adapts in a very gentle way, an easy way. There's no need to make it any more difficult than it already is, being here. The mind will wander over and over and over again. And we'll come back to the present moment also over and over and over again. There's no need to make this into a problem. This is just simply the natural conditioning of the mind. When we're lost in thought, we're lost in thought. When we come back again, then we remember to be aware. There's no need to struggle with this rhythm, but just to be gentle and persistent in our effort. As we remind ourselves to connect with our anchoring experience, if we're not holding too tightly to it, then we'll also notice many other things. We may notice other sensations in the body, what's going on in the mind, many, many different kinds of experiences as awareness naturally registers what's happening. And there's also no need to make this a problem or to get into a struggle with the natural awareness function of the mind. We use our anchoring experience just as a touchstone to keep bringing us back. And then awareness will do what it does. So approaching the meditation just in a very gentle, steady way as we settle into the retreat today.
Were you aware of hearing the bell? Were you aware of opening the eyes? Were you aware of beginning to move the body? The practice doesn't change when the activity changes. And we hope this is the sense and the attitude that you will uh, be able to relax into during this retreat. The bell rings if we're present. We, we're aware of it. We open the eyes if we're present. We notice it. The urge arises to adjust the posture. There's a changing array of sensations in the body. If we're present, then we simply notice. So what's important, as Steve mentioned last night, is not, okay, we've ended the sitting meditation. Now we're on to the next activity. But bringing this just very easy, gentle continuity of awareness. That's the number one priority. And everything else that we do here is in service of that. So in a little while, we'll transition out of sitting still and being aware of what we notice when we're sitting still to being in motion in various kinds of ways and being aware of what we notice when we're in motion. And many of us have been trained to do, uh, again, some kind of walking meditation. Uh, There's the Mahasi-style walking meditation where we find a spot that we can walk about 10 or 20 paces uh, in a line and we just simply pace back and forth. And this is uh, many times a very supportive format for being aware in movement. It's, it's very simple, <laughs> keeps things very simple. So that's supportive of being aware. There's not a whole lot that we have to think about, that we have to plan. We can just simply pace back and forth. Or we might take a little bit more of a free-form walking path, you know, walking around, enjoying uh, the air outside or in one of the walking rooms around the center perhaps in the dining hall, perhaps in our rooms. It doesn't really matter. Uh, The task is just simply to continue to bring that gentle, steady awareness into the experience of walking. And again, for this first day or so of settling into retreat, we recommend that um, you make use of whatever way that you've learned uh, and practiced of anchoring the attention in the walking. So it may just be feeling a general sense of the body moving, just simply remembering that we're walking. We're moving through space, the body is engaged in certain movements, motions, activities that we identify as walking. So just simply reminding ourselves to notice, oh, walking is happening. Or it might be that it's more natural for us to settle more into the sensations in uh, the legs or maybe the touching of the feet on the ground. So again, making use of whatever tools that we've acquired to anchor the attention, to give us a touchstone for maintaining that awareness as we move about. Uh, By comparison, doing things like going into the dining room, preparing a cup of tea, sitting down and drinking our tea, looking out the window at the birds, uh, taking our cup over to the dishwashing area, washing our dish, putting it away, trying to decide what to do next. Um, Activities like these are equally supportive of mindful awareness. There's no reason that we can't be aware of those activities as well, but they're more complicated. So we may just want to consider Uh, what's really necessary to do during the periods when we're in movement. There are certain things we have to do. There are requirements of the body, things that we have to take care of. Um, But reflecting that any time that we're engaged in some activity that's more complicated than just walking, it's going to require uh, more diligence, more effort. So particularly as we settle into retreat, there's a real value in keeping things just simple. But however we approach the walking period, the movement period, it's just really to continue right from the moment that the bell rings, continue to notice what's happening, continue to remember to be aware. Now the eyes are opening, now the body's moving, now there's standing up, now there's moving to another place, there's walking. So there's no need to change what we're doing in the practice. The practice is always the same doesn't change, just the activity of the body changes between stillness and motion, back and forth.
So we have time if there's um, any questions about the instructions so far or the format of the retreat, anything that you'd like to ask at this point. So the comment is about um, as you're being mindful, there's a sense of detachment, that there's a, a narrator or an observer that, that feels a little separate from experience, a little bit removed, um, which is quite a common experience. Uh, probably many of us have had that, that there, is, there can be times in practice when there is this sense of, of that, uh, we might call it the perceiving function of the mind, the, the mind that's kind of recognizing, categorizing, you know, labeling, uh, sorting out experience in kind of this conventional way. It's not another function of the mind. So in those times, we can just simply notice that's what's happening. <laughs> it's just a, a particular voice in the mind. We have lots of different voices in the mind. So there um, are voices that may be tinged with some subtle sense of aversion, some subtle sense of disconnect. There can, and then there's also the voices that are tinged with uh, sense of, of connection and loving kindness and warmth. And, but in the, in the practice, the uh, uh, awareness, for the purposes of awareness, those are all equally u- uh, valid, equally uh, useful for the practice. So if there's some sense of, of a subtle aversion, some sense of disconnect, we just simply notice that as part of the, the process of what we call the purification of the heart. So as, as we go through the practice, there are times when it won't feel the way that we want it to feel. So some, so some subtle aversion creeps in. And uh, probably today, you know, as we're going through this uncomfortable period, you know, these first couple of days of the retreat are, are infamously uncomfortable. Um, probably there will be many moments when the, when the practice, the experience of the, in the practice is not what we want it to be. It's unpleasant. <laughs> and aversion will creep in. And this doesn't need to be a problem just with everything else. The wandering of the mind doesn't need to be a problem. It's simply a conditioned habit of the mind. Uh, the tendency towards aversion when there's unpleasant experience or an experience we don't want doesn't have to be a problem. It's just simply the conditioned tendency of the mind. So as long as we just continue to be gentle, con- continue to be persistent, and just remembering in as many moments as we can to be aware, then the, pr- the practice will progress. And uh, we may find that in, in time there's more of a sense of connection, more of a sense of being in the flow and in the stream of experience. So we don't need to make aversion a problem. It just is what it is. So the comment is about being sleepy, another very common experience in the early days of retreat, and only being able to come out of it for about 30 seconds here and there, um, which is pretty good, you know, 30 seconds, hey, (laughs) take what you can get. (laughs) Um, The simple fact of the matter is that most of us come into retreat tired. Most of us come into retreat exhausted. Um, so part of you know what we may do this first day of retreat is catch up a little bit on our sleep. You know, it's, uh, 
it's just a simple fact, you know, that, that some of us, uh, many of us do have a sleep deficit. So we may want to take a nap, you know, at some point today. You know, not all through the retreat maybe, but just to, to, to recognize the simple fact of the body. And then at some point, as we do acclimate more to being here, we start to notice that the napping is more like, I'm just tired of being mindful, you know. So we can begin to become a little discerning about like, okay, where is that? sleepiness coming from? Is it more just an organic tiredness of the body, as it often is early in the, treat, the retreat, or is it the, the mind looking for an escape from experience? And it's, there's different ways of working with that, depending on, you know, where we fall in that divide. Yeah. It's 100% not sleeping, not sleep deficit. Okay, not sleep deficit. So you've been getting plenty of rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so even if we've been getting enough sleep, um, you know, we're still asking the system to do things here that are very unnatural, you know, to spend all this time sitting still and, you know, to just not be doing a whole lot, be a lot less active than we are. And one of the ways that the system responds to that is by just kind of like slowing down to the point where we completely, you know, fall off the, fall off the cliff into oblivion. Again, and it's the same. This, is, this, isn't, a, this isn't a problem. This is just the, the natural conditioning of the mind playing out. So we don't need to make it a problem. Um, we can do things that we know will help to boost the energy so we can open the eyes, um, look at the window, let the, the light come in, um, maybe do more walking, do faster walking to, to try to boost the energy a little bit, stand up. We always love to see people standing in the hall. It's a sign of your sincerity. So we love it. Um, it's pretty difficult to fall asleep while standing up, although not uh, impossible. La- last retreat that I was on, somebody did topple over. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's only happened a couple of times that I, in the t- years I've been teaching. Um, so that can be supportive. And we're going to talk more about standing meditation as well today. Um, so really just not to get into to a struggle with it, not to make it the enemy. Yeah, it's, it, with, with sleepiness, it's, I find it always really helpful to lower the bar very far in terms of our expectations. And to try to, to connect with that faith that, you know, those 30 seconds that we wake up, if there's really a sincere intention, you know, to, to reconnect, to remember in those moments, that that has a really powerful effect. It's, it's not a, it's like sleepiness and awareness are not one for one balance. You know, the awareness is much more powerful than sleepiness, you know. So we may have, you know, hours and hours and hours of just slogging through sleepiness, but then those moments when we do wake up and we make that sincere reconnection, recommit with with that sincere intention, really starts to shift the climate of the mind. So this is the kind of the the overarching message for this first day of retreat, is that we, we don't have to be forceful or strident or striving um, or controlling with the mind to get it to get with the program. That if we're just very gentle and persistent, okay, come back, come back, come back, then the mind, you know, just kind of naturally starts to get into the groove. We don't really don't have to push. And pushing tends to just make us tight and tired, <laughs> which many of us, I'm sure, have, have realized for ourselves over the years we've been doing this. Yeah. Are you expecting something? <laughs> I think the election's not for a few more months. <laughs> we will take good care of you. You, you can trust us. Yeah. All three of us have been on retreat through all sorts of things. And, you know, you, you can feel safe and protected here. We'll, if there's anything that needs to be told, we will tell you. But chances are the world will kind of carry on and take care of itself for the next nine days. Yeah. Yeah. standing on the cushions. Um, yes, or you may want to step onto the floor just in front where it's a little more stable, kind of depends. So just um, a word about uh, standing posture. Um, keep the knees a little bit relaxed, so don't lock the knees. <laughs> That's not so good for toppling over. Um, spread the feet a little bit, about hip width apart. And uh, you can either stand on your mat if that feels stable, or if not, just step into that little gap in front of the mat uh, onto the floor if that feels more stable. The hands can be just by the sides or in front or behind, wherever they're comfortable. And just as in the sitting uh, position, let the, let the spine be upright, let the head be upright so that there's uh, some energy flow upwards from the feet. 
And um, so it's perfectly fine to stand in the hall at any time, just stand mindfully, quietly, having some consideration for your neighbors. And then uh, once you start to feel like the energy has lifted some or it's just becoming too uncomfortable, um, then again, just quietly sitting down into our sitting position. And uh, you can all feel that you have permission to do this, that you don't have to worry about disturbing your fellow yogis, um, that we all understand what's going on. And if anything, you know, it can be a real inspiration to our fellow yogis. Very often times, like one person stands and then you see a whole bunch of other people pop up, like, oh, it's okay, <laughs> I can do it. So there's these many different ways through um, just, just how we're doing our own practice, bringing integrity to our own practice, that we, we, that we do support each other and we, we create this, this wonderful community together. So there's just a couple of announcements for today. One is that um, the weather is changing and there's a severe thunderstorm warning for later in the day, um, probably beginning around lunchtime. We might start to see some um, significant uh, weather. So today is probably not a good day to go for a walk around the loop after lunch. <laughs> we would advise you to hold off on that for another day. And um, related to that, the um, facilities people are going to be coming in and closing the windows and the climate control system will come on in here. So please don't uh, adjust the windows today. They're trying to take care of that and keep everything secure. And um, also there's, we request that if you have your window open in your room, you might want to just be mindful of that if the severe weather does move in to make sure that those get closed so that everything doesn't get soaked. And uh, since you won't be able to get out for your walk around the loop today, uh, Mark is going to be offering a mindful movement session, which he often does on retreat here. And that will be at two o'clock in the lower walking room. So that's the room just below here, uh, two o'clock. There'll be mindful movement. So that's a nice chance to get into the body. And again, to continue to bring awareness into different ways of, of being in the body. Uh, Steve and Mark and I will be uh, joining you for the scheduled sittings today, the ones that are on the the schedule. And then tomorrow we'll start group discussions. So beginning tomorrow, there'll be practice leaders, uh, some of your fellow yogis that have generously offered to ring the bell to let everybody know when the session's over. I I think that's it for today. So continue to take your awareness with you. Continue to remember. Nothing needs to change. There's no need to force or push. Just remember now. And now remember again. And now remember again. Just very easy and gentle and persistent. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.